Hey dreamers, welcome to another episode of the Money Matters podcast. If you've ever played Monopoly, you know the feeling of having to cough up the cash when you land on someone else's property. In real life, that's called rent. In this episode, we'll be exploring the wide world of real estate, rent, and what you need to know if you're moving out of home. Joining us as we get familiar with our new bearings is Adam Josky, Head of Academy, Bell Property Head Office. As a member of the real estate realm, Adam has helped many new and seasoned renters and homeowners find the perfect home without compromising on their lifestyle. We can't wait to pick his brain, but before we do, it's time to share a win of the week. This week, Lizzie is making and selling masks in her local community to make some extra pocket money and help people stay safe during COVID. Go, Lizzie. We love celebrating you on your big and small wins throughout your journey, so be sure to submit your money wins on the forum for your chance to be featured and to win extra points in the Dreamers Hub. Welcome, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we dive into the land of real estate, can you tell everyone listening a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got into what you do today? Sure. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, Maddie. It's uh, I think it's great what you guys do, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. So when you asked me, I just jumped at it straight away. So thank you. Uh, so just to give you a bit of background, I'll give you the, the the short version. So I was a real estate agent for 25 years. So I'm 48 now. I started at 21. And... When I started, it was quite difficult because when I was 21, I looked like I was about 13. So (laughs) it was hard for people to take me seriously as a real estate agent. Um, How I got started, look, I think it's funny real estate because it's, it's a, you don't need a lot of qualifications to become a real estate agent. To be able to sell or rent property, it's about a six week uh, course at TAFE. Um, to be to to actually own your own office, it's about a two or three year course. So that's more like a, a diploma or a degree. So I think what happens with a lot of agents is they actually fall into real estate, um, and I was very much like that. So I did a year of uni. I did I did commerce at university. I was a little bit lost. I was partying hard. I didn't know what to do with my life. Um, And I actually started by selling vacuum cleaners door to door, which was a very hard job, um, but a fantastic way of learning resilience because you get a lot of no's. Um, And I think it was my father who actually suggested that I try real estate and I tried it and fell in love with it and been doing it ever since. Uh, And I think a lot of people start like that. They sort of fall into it and they've got the right sort of personality for it. It's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. So since then, so I I sold property for 25 years um, and I was mainly in sort of the, in Melbourne, the the Caulfield Elstonwick market, which is a pretty tough market. Um, And after 25 years, I started doing a bit of coaching and training on the side and I I spoke at some big conferences and did some work in the US um, and in the UK. And the more I started coaching and training, the more I really loved it and I loved helping people. And I'm very system orientated and process orientated and started sort of helping people streamline their businesses. Um, An opportunity came up at Bell Property, which is one of Australia's biggest companies. We've got 120 offices nationally. Um, And as head of Victoria, so uh, I was in charge of sort of growing the network. And then we bought Hocking Stewart. So it was a major merger. So now we've got the two brands working together. Um, and I look after all the offices in Victoria and then all the training and coaching nationally. And we've got, a, I think, 1,900 staff that I look after uh, in terms of performance. Wow. So it's a very, very different world now. 
that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, it's amazing to hear about your journey and how you've kind of transitioned from being a real estate agent and and doing the selling to managing a team and to, to training others. And I think that's an inspirational pathway for people to, to see that when you get into the market of real estate, you're not the, the end is not just to be a real estate agent. There's so many other kind of avenues that come after that as well. Absolutely. Spot on. When I first moved out of home, I was a little bit older than a lot of my friends. A lot of my friends had moved out of their parents' house quite young. Um, and then I moved out for a year and then moved back in with my parents and then moved out again. And I think that's something that we're finding is a little bit more common, um, moving back in and out of home a little bit. Um, in your experience, is there a right time to move out of home and what are the options out there for young people who may be unsure about how they want to move out for the first time and whether they want to rent or save to buy? Mm, okay. So, uh, look, I'll answer the last question first because buying has become quite difficult, particularly if you're in a city. Um, where it's a lot more expensive than you may you may have been regional, um, and it's getting harder and harder for young people to buy property. And I'd say that if anyone's out there can do it, and you've got the funds for it, uh, it's the best best start you'll ever have. Uh, and just to give you an example, I, I bought my first property when I was twenty one, and I bought a par- I, I bought an apartment for a hundred thousand um, dollars, and I was earning about forty thousand dollars in those days. Um, yet I managed it e- easily. Uh, that apartment today is probably worth about $650,000. I no longer own it. I, sh- I sold and I probably shouldn't have sold it many years ago. Um, but that property has gone up six times in value while incomes have probably doubled. So it's getting harder and harder for young people to buy. But certainly if you can buy and financially it's viable for you, I can tell you that when I bought that for 100 and I sold it a few years later for 220, that 120 odd thousand dollars really set me up for my future purpose, per, you know, purchases of property, you know, with my family and what have you. Um, if it if you're not in a position to buy and you're looking at renting, um, you know, uh, the answer to your question, when's the right time? It's very, very hard to say. I mean, you have to be financially ready for it, um, but you also need to be, you need to have a level of maturity as well um, because with renting and sharing comes bills and responsibilities and what have you. So it, it really depends on the individual, I think. It does seem, and you mentioned this, that it is harder and harder for young people to get into the property market. There are things like first home buyers grants and I heard somewhere in the newspaper lately that they're lowering the amount of deposits that someone needs to put into purchasing their first house. Do you think that it means that young people might not have the same opportunity to get into the rate into the rental or homeowners market much later if we can't get in as early as say our parents could when they were our age? Yeah, I think, uh, look, the first home buyer's grant certainly makes a little bit of a difference. Um, in terms of being able to purchase with a smaller deposit, I think the thing to be really careful of is if you're buying with 5% deposit rather than 10% or more, that's still that's still a mortgage, it's still funds that you've got to be able to pay back. So, you know, yes, it will help you get into the market early because you don't need to save as much deposit, but it's still funds that are going to be added to the loan. I have a lot of friends who um, moved out of home and didn't 
necessarily get along with their housemates when they moved into a share house <laughs> or they moved into a house that had a lot of issues and they didn't really see that when they first went for an inspection. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see young people make in the housing market? Great, great question, Maddie. Uh, I think that. I think a few things. I think when you get a housemate, I think it's really important um, to have a really deep level heart to heart, and I think it's really important to be to play devil's advocate almost and talk about the things that could go wrong and how you guys would deal with that together. Uh, I don't think there's, I don't think it's as beneficial to talk about your common interests and whether you both enjoy going out at night and what have you. I think it's really important to establish how we're going to deal with certain situations. Now, just some examples off the top of my head. Um, if I was interviewing a potential housemate, I'd be looking at trying to establish, well, you know, what sort of person are you? Do you, do you like going out at night? Do you like having a lot of friends over? Um, do you have a partner? Is that partner going to stay over at night? Um, what are your expectations around those sort of things? Um, if it's my job to hypothetically do the dishes on a Wednesday and I say to you, look, I need to go out on Wednesday. Can you do it? And vice versa another night. How do you feel about things like that? So I think it's really important that you set the rules um, and, you've, and you take the extra time to really um, get to know each other in a, well, what would we do if this went wrong sense rather than do we get along? Um, I'd be asking a question like, what would happen if you lost your job? What would happen if you had a pay decrease? What would happen? Because obviously if they move out, you'd probably have to cover their rent for that period. So I'd be going over all the different scenarios. Um, I think the other important thing is it's really important that everyone knows what their responsibility is and that avoids conflict. So, you know, if, you're, if your role is to clean the kitchen on three times a week and they're cleaning the kitchen another three times or whatever the case may be, it's really important to establish this from the beginning and it's really important to stay in your lane. And staying in your lane is real and, and having those lanes very, very carefully worked out, uh, I think is the most important thing. But ask the tough questions because if you don't ask them at the beginning, when conflict happens, it's often too late. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know I've been in that situation before and it's it's hard to uh, remind your housemate to wash the um, dishes or when they're starting to build up and you're living with them and it gets tough and you just, you want conflict, but you're living with them. And so it does, it does get tough and it is an important thing to remember. Um, one of the things that I thought when I was looking at houses for the first time, I didn't really know what questions to ask the agent that was showing the house. I didn't know what things to take into consideration when deciding if a house was right for me. What are some of the questions that we should ask when we're looking at houses for the first time? whether that is to rent or to buy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me first say that the real estate agent works for the landlord or works for the seller. So their obligations are always to the seller or to the landlord, not to the buyer or the tenant. So, but that said, if they're asked very direct questions, they need to, and 99% of them will give you a straight answer. So I think it's really important to ask the questions that you want to ask um, and they'll tell you. So, you know, um, an agent's not obliged to say to you that, 
there's a really noisy family upstairs and they've got floorboards and every time they walk or the kid drops a, a, tr- a toy truck, you can hear it downstairs. But if you ask them, is it reasonably quiet living here? Are there any problems with the neighbours? They're obligated to give you an answer. So I think it's a matter of just when you say what sort of questions, it's just um, I guess it's more about questions on on what would satisfy you living there. Is it noise that might be an issue? Um, is there anything wrong with the property that you can tell me? Is there is a is a hot water service uh, working okay? So I think it's just a matter of going around the house and not being afraid to ask as many direct questions as you can of the agent. Very interesting. I think that's something that I um, have definitely, I've always found that sometimes real estate agents can be a little intimidating, especially when you're moving out of home for the first time and um, you don't necessarily know what you're looking for or, or what things to ask. So it's good to know that we should be asking very straightforward questions. Yep, absolutely. And in saying that, there are, there is, I guess, a misconception that real estate agents can be advantageous, especially when it comes to young people. So what can young people do to safeguard themselves from having a negative experience with moving out of home or rental? What should they look for in an agency? What questions should they ask when they're picking a service? Um, and what are some of the signs, I guess, for, for young people to look out for to keep them safe and, and mm-hmm. things like that? Okay, I love how you very diplomatically shows the word <laughs> advantageous. I like it. I'm going to start using that in my business, I think. I like it. Um, I think that um, let me first say that real estate has got a really bad name. And, you know, I said earlier that I deal with 1,900 staff that I look after. I can honestly say that 1,850 of them are the most gorgeous, beautiful, honest, lovely, lovely people, 50 of them might be questionable. Now, I think that's really probably the case in any industry. I think why real estate agents have a bad name is because people talk about negative experiences and they don't talk about positive experience. So for instance, Matty, you might go out for dinner and if someone's, you know, done the wrong thing by you, you might say to your friends, hey, I went out for, you know, I I dealt with this person the other day and they, I can't believe what they did. Let me tell you what happened, what my terrible experience was. But they're less inclined to go out for dinner and say, Hey, I'm renting a property and um, I met the agent. He was, he, he was, she was such a lovely person that they're not as inclined to do that. And social is a bit like that as well. So I think for every, every one negative experience, there's probably nine positive, but people don't talk about positive stuff. And I think that's really the world that we live in. Um, so in terms of what to look for, I think, again, like we said before, it's just a matter of asking as many questions as possible. Maybe when you start the process, you you know, you write down the things that are important, maybe spend some time with a uh, an older person who's rented or bought in the past, who's got that experience and get some questions from them. Um, as far as just very quickly, you, you asked about looking for a property um, and, and, and how to look for an agent. I think when you're selling a property or renting a property out, you look for an agent that's going to service you and your property for that period or years to come. When you're buying or renting a property, there's no loyalty to an agent. You're just looking for the right property for you. So I always advise anyone, and this is completely against my company where I'd say go to my company, but I think if you you just look for a property on realestate.com, 
it's probably the best way to find a property, particularly for rent. Everything's on there. To go to a real estate office and say, can you help me find something? You're probably not going to get a lot of assistance because they get 100 people a day through there and half of them aren't even ready or they don't know whether they're ready or not. So agents generally won't spend a lot of time helping a prospective tenant. You're better off just going online. Doesn't matter who's got it. Find the right property for you and and then put an application in. And when it comes to putting an application in, especially if you're moving out of home for the first time, it often asks you for rental history or referees or um, anything like that. What would you recommend for someone who is moving out of home for the first time and doesn't necessarily have a rental history or know who to put down as a reference? Mm-hmm. Okay. So generally what they'll ask for is they'll ask for professional references and they'll ask for personal references. Um, if you know any real estate agents, that's probably the best professional references. So a lot of people I know actually put me down as a professional reference um, because I'm in the industry and the uh, property manager, the real estate agent property manager will often call me and say, hey, Adam, Maddie's put you down as a reference. What can you tell me about it? So I think with your professional references, if you know real estate agents, fantastic, put them down. Otherwise, people who are in professional services, um, as far as personal references, I don't think a personal reference from a friend or, or a, you know, maybe a parent's okay. Uh, but again, you've got to look for people who have got a level of credibility and people who will be listened to. That's super interesting. I know that my housemate moved out of home for the first time into the house that we're living in now. And we applied for one of the properties we applied for. They asked for her parents to go on the lease as a guarantor. Is that something that um, young carers should um, know is an option or a possibility? Or is that kind of something that is only done in, in very rare circumstances where it might be a landlord's preference to have that? I, I think that if you've got that relationship with your parents where they're happy to guarantee the lease, I think that you should be doing that straight away for every property because let me tell you, Maddie, if you were fresh out of school or fresh out of uni and you put an application in and you're, and I'm just picking you as a person, general person, <laughs> but, okay. and, and you were earning you know, $60,000 a year uh, and put an application in, um, and then I had another application, which was a young couple who have got a combined income of 150000 and they're a bit older than you. Maybe I'm a bit less worried that they're going to party as party because, you know, maybe I don't want party people in there. Um, I'm probably going to look on the other application more favourably. If you came to me with a guarantee that your parents would cover the, um, uh, the rental payments, if anything, if there was any shortfall, then I'm going to be a lot more comfortable putting you in. So I should, I would suggest that that should be something that you do not if you need to, but I would make that a standard because that will give both the landlord, you know, me in this case, and the agent more confidence in approving you for your application. Okay, so highly recommended, but not necessarily required in every sense. If that's something that you can't provide yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Cute dog, by the way, in the background, Maddie. <laughs> Thanks. What are some of the tips you have for young people about managing rent and bills when they first move out of home? I think before you move out, I think you must do a budget. I think you have to do a budget. So many young people just underestimate 
grossly the amount of money that they need to live when they're on their own, particularly if they haven't done it before. Um, there are all over the internet, if you Googled, you know, personal budget, there's probably, you know, 50 things there that you can download and fill out. And these things will have, uh, you know, your gas, your water, your electricity, your rent, um, your car, your petrol, any ma- any maintenance on your car, um, entertainment for you going out to the movies, food. Uh, it's going to have all that for you to fill in. Uh, my strongest advice is that you don't do that once you move out. I would probably do that for a number of months before you're planning on moving out because that's going to give you a realistic situ- a realistic overview of what your actual expenses are. Um, and so many young people, so many young people underestimate what they're going to need because they haven't spent the time on the budget and run into trouble early. Yeah, definitely. And um, now imagine that I found a place that I want to move into. The rent is reasonable. I've worked out my budget um, and I've been, they've sent me the lease to sign and I've got some references and I've done everything like that, but I've only ever lived at home. What are the things that I should look out for just before signing that contract and signing myself into a lease for 12 months? Is there anything final that I might not have, have thought about before that you think young people might need to remember? Yeah, I think, um, you know, read the lease very carefully. I mean, most leases are a standard lease, so they're going to be much the same. But there may be some stuff in there that is different at the request of the landlord. So again, I'm a landlord. I might, it might be really important to me that that gorgeous little puppy that you've got in the back background. Um, I don't, I just do not want any pets in my house. I just do not own my apartment. I just do not want pets. So I might put a clause in there saying that no pets are allowed. Um, so most of it will be standard, but there may be things in there, uh, that, you know, you, you need to read it because the last thing that you want is that you move in with the dog and I can actually insist that you get rid of the dog, which is a real problem, going to be a massive problem for you. So, um, I just read the lease cover to cover. Yeah, that would definitely be a problem if my landlord told me to get rid of my puppy. Mm. I would not be very happy. (laughs) I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. Are there any last things that you think um, you would have told young Adam when he was looking for his first house or moving out of home for the first time? What are your last tips that you would have given yourself? I guess just to summarise the stuff that we've been saying, you know, it's, it's, you know, do your budget, you know, do your budget and overestimate the budget you know, do the budget and look at things like, you know, what happens if I lost my job and I had to find another job and I had no income for a month? Have I allowed for things like that? Um, be devil's advocate and look at the worst case scenarios on everything because the best always takes care of itself. You know, if you, if you, if you, like I said, if you're interviewing potential people to share with you, talk about worst case scenarios, get it out of the way early. It might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it will not be nearly as uncomfortable as when issues arise and they will arise. Um, I would also have an agreement if you've got a, a, a flatmate. I would also have a, a contract that you've drawn up that you both actually have to sign. So then if there's an issue, you can come back to it and go, well, hang on a second. We both agreed that, you know, X, Y, and Z. So and I'm not trying to be negative with all this and, you know, moving out and your first home is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. You know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, So I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just, again, the best always takes care of itself. So just be very careful, slow it down. You'll be really excited to get out. 
but go through the proper channels and don't think that everything will just take care of itself because you need to have all those I's dotted and the, and the T's crossed. And and it's a lot of fun and it's a real lesson in, in maturing and going that next step in life. Thank you so much for sharing your story and advice with us today, Adam. If our dreamers want to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? Well, if you Google my name, uh, there's a lot on there. So you shouldn't have too many problems. Adam Josky, J-O-S-K-E. So there'll be a lot there. Otherwise you can go onto the Bell Property website or the Hocking Stewart website. Uh, and uh, there'll be a bit about me on YouTube. I've done a lot of, a lot of uh, YouTube videos in the past as well. So there'll be some stuff on there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. Thanks, Maddie. Now it's time for Dreamer Diaries. Each week, we'll follow James and Julie, two young carers on a journey to own their finances. James is looking to move out of his house into an apartment. He likes the idea of living in a small, manageable space that he can move into without the headache of cleaning and maintaining an entire house. After a series of house inspections, James realises he can realistically only afford a two-bedroom apartment, but the rent he would have to pay to live there means he would have to sacrifice many aspects of his life that bring him joy, such as going out with friends, dining out and travelling. James shares this concern with his friend who encourages James to consider moving into a share house. Because more than two people generally live in one home, the rent is cheaper and the space makes a huge difference. After some initial trepidation, James goes online only to discover a beautiful four-bedroom home currently housing a couple and another student. The rent is half of the cost of the apartment and comes with a larger bedroom, a huge backyard and even a balcony. James is taken aback and decides to apply. After a successful tour of the house and a lengthy interview, James is offered the room and he accepts. Julie's roommate Sarah has decided to not extend her lease, leaving Julie with the task of finding a new roommate. While Julie has had a great time with Sarah, she wants the next person to be more open-minded to socialising than her current housemate. Through living with Sarah, Julie has realised she enjoys the company of others, from cooking meals together to watching movies and meeting each other's friends, something that Sarah has enjoyed doing in small doses. Julie spends the weekend cleaning the apartment with Sarah, taking photos of the house and making a profile online. Julie includes the house amenities, size, location, weekly rent and bond and decides to pay extra attention to her personal profile and the kind of roommate she is looking for. She notes that she is friendly, open-minded and she is studying and is also a young carer. She notes her love of cooking, attending live music and spending time with friends outside. She says the ideal roommate will want to live in a social house with respect for each other's boundaries and private life, but ultimately would be interested in living in a very friendly household. After a series of applicants apply, Julie interviews three and meets a boy called Jeremy. Jeremy has plenty of share house experience and is well aware of the responsibilities and respect that comes with sharing a space. Jeremy plays the guitar, enjoys hiking and has a history of being close friends with all of his previous housemates. The two bond over a shared interest in music and movies and Jeremy even invites Julie down to the pub to meet his friends on the weekend. After careful consideration, Julie realises Jeremy is the perfect candidate and agrees to a 12-month lease. 
that's it for this episode. This week, I challenge you to be hypothetical about your future. Have a look at some rentals online and find one that suits you. Then taking the rent into consideration and a base level of $50 a month for bills, consider how you could live out of home based on your current income and spending. What would you need more of and what would you need to reconsider and how would your budget change? This is a great exercise to get you thinking about your future and all the planning and creativity it entails. Also, just for fun, sit down with your friends and family and play a game of Monopoly. Remember, you can share your progress with us on the forum on the Dreamers Hub. Bye for now.